The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do they go after kids? Why children? The communists, I mean. Why why do they go after children? And rest assured, they do. This is very, this, they're very honest about it, very purposeful about it. Lenin has a million quotes about give me four years with the next generation and I'll create socialism, communism. Over and over and over again, they've gone after children from a very young age. Pol Pot, you've heard of Pol Pot? He was the communist dictator that took over Cambodia for a few years, and in just the span of just a few years, he murdered 25% of his country's population. Well, Pol Pot didn't actually murder anybody. Do you know who did most of the killing? Kids. 14, 15-year-old kids. Child soldiers out there, barely able to hold up an AK doing the killing. Why kids, though? It's so hard for people on the right, normal people, to understand that, because you just... It would never occur to you to look at someone else's kids and think, wow, how can I get my hands on them and manipulate them? Why do they go after kids? Well, you have to understand this, and I'm really, I'm not trying to be too over the top. Until you get to the point where you understand this, you will never learn how the communist thinks. The communist doesn't see kids. The communist doesn't see you as an individual. The communist only sees opportunities to further his cause of destruction. 
He doesn't view humanity as humanity. He doesn't have any himself. That's why communism has managed to murder so many people. Your kids mean nothing to him. Alive, dead, doesn't, doesn't matter. None of this matters to him. Your kids are only precious to him if they're useful. If they're useful to further his goals of destruction, then they're precious. But the second they stop being useful, well, now they're the enemy and should be destroyed. People have to understand that. When you see all the filth going on out there right now in schools, when you see all that critical race theory nonsense, your kid's evil, you're evil, you're racist, you suck, parents get confused, they get scared, they get angry. When parents see all the insane LGBTQ, make sure, you're a, make sure your kindergartner knows about trans stuff, parents are angry, scared, don't understand, but you have to understand this. The goal is to break your child, to break your child. A broken child can be rebuilt for whatever purposes the communist desires. That is the goal. It's not really about race or LGBTQ or any of that other crap. It's about breaking them. The trans stuff is a great way to break them. I mean, look, you just got a great recent example of it. Florida passes some bill, really benign bill, honestly, a lot more benign than I would pass. The bill doesn't say the word gay or anything like that in it. It just says, don't talk to kindergartners about sex. That's it. Don't talk to kindergartners about sex. I mean, very benign. What was the response of the left? Well, here it was. I played you just a little bit of that because the whole thing's awful. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Why? Why would you react so violently to a really benign bill? Well, they think it's horrific, horrific that they're not able to break your child. Remember, they've been caught on video a thousand times saying parents shouldn't have a say in education. The, the kids are ours. The kids belong to us. Well, that, to you, that seems crazy. To them, it seems like the only sane way. They want your child broken. And part of breaking your child means breaking them away from you. That's why they insert all this gross sexual stuff in school. That's so gross. I mean, you, you would never talk to a kid about that stuff. I would never talk to a kid about that stuff. Well, it's a great way to break them away from you. Just convince your little boy he's a little girl and that mom and dad are just out of touch. And before you know it, he hates your guts. He'll run to them for advice. That's what they want. Broken and broken away from you. So obviously Florida goes crazy. The left goes crazy. Call it, start calling it the don't say gay bill. And obviously the system decides to line up firmly behind these evil pedophiles and monsters. Everybody from athletes to actors, Mark Hamill, Mark Ruffalo, all of them join in, start calling it the don't say gay bill. The White House press secretary herself, Jen Psaki, got up and just blatantly lied about what it is. A bill like this, uh, a bill that would uh, discriminate against families, against kids, um, put these kids in a position of not getting the support they need um, at a time where that's exactly what they need is discriminatory. It's uh, a form of bullying. Um, it is horrific.
yeah, that person's a monster. That person's a monster who wants to talk to your kindergartner about transsexuals. That's what she is. And to their credit, Americans know it. 64% of Americans say they support the anti-grooming law, and that's what it is. Okay, well, that brings me to the problem we currently have in this country. Not the communists. We know who they are. We know how evil they are. We know what they are. We know what they want. The problem is who opposes them? The right in this country is so pathetic and spineless, it makes me want to vomit. The right has actually been playing defense about this thing since it came out. Well, uh, that's not what the bill says. Uh, uh, I'm Mr. Gay. I've... It's embarrassing. We have them off balance. They're not only wrong, they're unpopular. That means they're completely off balance. Knock them out. Why is every state legislature in the United States of America not passing this exact bill? Every single Republican-led state legislature should have this bill on the docket today. The Republicans in Congress should propose a bill like this. I know it'll get shot down. That doesn't matter. Propose a bill identical to this today. Make it federal. Make them campaign against it. Make them expose themselves for the pedophiles and groomers they really are who want to saturate your kid with all this perverted, disgusting filth. Make them campaign on it. They've been quite open about who they are and what they believe. Remember, Disney came out against the bill. Looking forward to sending your kiddies to Disney World? Pedo World? Looking forward to having your kids watch Nick Jr.? It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. This family has two mommies. They love each other so proudly. And they all go marching in the big parade. Families marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. Families marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. You get the idea. You get the idea. Why? Why are they so after the kids? Nick Jr.? Disney? Kindergartners? Why so after the kids? They want them broken. Broken mentally, broken physically, and most importantly, once again, broken away from you. And this has become policy in the United States of America. It's not as if that's just some fringe commercial group. This circus freak was in the White House. One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. We did a joke. <laughs> hey, everyone. Vogue. Usually. In the White House. This is being pushed. It's not like it's accidental. It's being pushed. Why do you think that is? They're very purposeful about it. Look, you, you saw what they think about kids. You saw how much they treasure kids. How much have they abused kids in the last two years just with all this COVID insanity, masks? LA's still masking kids up no matter what the guidance is. You remember what this freaking monster did with this kid. <laughs> Put the yeah. mask on. Yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta wear it on. Put your mask on. Very low. 
Break your kids. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We've got a great show coming. Brian Cloudus is going to join us next and talk about Florida's anti-grooming bill. Next. Don't say it. Don't say it. Gay. 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 I'm going to say it. Gay. What do we know about Marlon Bundo? That he's gay. 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 Joining me now, Brian Cloudus. He's running for Florida House of Representatives, and I hope he wins. Also used to work for Disney as a performer. Brian, I think Democrats may have overplayed their hand a bit with this one here because parents don't want their kindergartners getting barraged with this stuff in school. Why can't Democrats see that? I mean, it, it it is nothing is what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right at this point in our country. Um, first of all, at no point does it even mention the word gay in the bill. This is what the left does. They take um, a piece of legislation that makes complete sense to every other American and they spin a false narrative on it and completely lie about the what the bill even is. Nowhere does it say you can't say gay. Nowhere does it say that you can't talk about having two moms or two dads. The bill says you cannot have teacher instruction regarding sexual orientation and gender identity for kids K through three. I mean, just like our governor is saying, why can we not let kids just be kids? I beg people read the bill. If you just read the bill, we would not be having these national false conversations. At what point have we started saying that kids K through three need to be instructed about sexuality? It is absolute bananas. Brian, I, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm asking everybody, why do you think they want to tell kids about that so much? They seem so intent on talking to children about it, and it understandably creeps people out. It creeps me out. What's the why, Brian? Why do they want to? Well, I think children are very impressionable at that age. I mean, from K through three, you trust your teachers. Um, you listen to them. So I think that by pushing this propaganda into kids K through three, that's when they become impressionable. That's when they, they're listening to their teachers, you know, and all of this goes against wanting parents in control of their children. This is a piece of legislation to ensure that parents are raising their children. Guess what? The left doesn't want that. 
the left doesn't want conservative or even moderate people raising their children they want the government raising their children this is indoctrination at its truest form and it's beginning at k through three i mean i think it's it's convincing kids at a very young age that they are part of this oppressed movement they are victims and guess what once you're a victim and once you feel oppressed you need someone to save you you need someone to help you and unfortunately that is what the government wants they want to be the savior of the oppressed the savior of the victims and people who are moderate or conservative they want their kids discovering things about sexuality or gender identity when they are adults not when they are children when i was this age i was looking forward to nap time and hanging out with teddy rupskin but we're having conversations on a national level about whether kids should be talking about sexual identity and choosing their genders at ages k through three i mean it is just it's the ultimate gross thing ever you know and i think anyone who is pushing for this, pushing for children to have this type of rhetoric and this type of instruction um, pressed upon them at such a young age. I mean, it, it sounds like a pedophile to me. I mean, just to, just to put it out very bluntly, anybody who is advocating for children to be discussing adult sexual topics is borderlining on just 100% pedophilia. Oh, oh, I totally agree, 100%, and I'm glad somebody has the guts to call it like that. Speaking of guts, of course, Disney Cave, because Disney's pathetic, and uh, Disney's kind of a big deal in Florida, and they went after Governor Heavy D for it, and he went right back at him. Watch this video. The chance that I am going to back down from my commitment to students and back down from my commitment to parents' rights yeah. simply because of fraudulent media narratives or pressure from woke corporations, the chances of that are zero. When you have companies that have made a fortune off being family friendly and catering to families and young kids, you know, they should understand that parents of young kids do not want this injected into their kids' kindergarten classroom. Uh, they do not want their first graders to go and be told that they can choose an opposite gender. That is not appropriate for those kids. And so if you're family friendly, understand uh, the parents who are actually raising families want to have their rights respected. And I also think that you have companies like a Disney that are gonna say and criticize parents' rights, they're gonna criticize the fact uh, that we don't want transgenderism in kindergarten and first grade classrooms. If that's the hill that they're gonna die on, then how do they possibly explain lining their pockets with their relationship from the Communist Party of China? Because that's what they do, and they make a fortune and they don't say a word about the really brutal practices uh, that you see over there at the hands of the CCP. And so in Florida, our policy is going to be based on the best interest of Florida citizens, not on the musing of global yeah. corporations. 
Brian, explain that to me, because that final part is the one I want to ask you about. We have so many corporations so concerned about the oppression in America who clean up in communist China, where they quite literally still have concentration camps where they're harvesting people's organs against their will. Why the disconnect? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it makes absolutely no sense. I think it all boils down to power and money. Everyone is beholden to China. Everyone is beholden to this woke propaganda. Like our incredible governor said, you know, we have a problem, you know, with this bill and we want to protect our children, but we have no problem having a Disney park in China and accepting money from the CCP who are literally killing people. I mean, mass genocide. It is absolute lunacy, you know, and as someone who has worked in the entertainment industry my entire life, you know, I was an actor with Disney for a year. I have produced multiple Disney musicals as a director and producer, and I love the company. I love what Walt created. I think Walt is flipping over in his ice freezer right now. You know, I mean, he is literally, you know, this is not the company that he started. He started a company based on families and based on children and giving kids of all ages high quality entertainment for all. Unfortunately, Disney is beholden to the CCP. Disney is beholden to this woke propaganda. They are so afraid to, you know, piss off the woke mob. But guess what? People are starting to talk with their wallets and people are starting to talk because the average demographic that goes to Disney is, you know, conservative families, families that save all year long to pay for this one epic trip for their family. And guess what? They're over a company that's telling them because they don't want their children indoctrinated with this woke bullcrap that they are somehow homophobic, racist, and second-class citizens. And I think people are ultimately going to stop supporting these woke companies. I mean, let's all take a trip to Dollywood and just call it a day, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't have to twist my arm. Brian, good luck in your race, my brother. Go get him. Thank you so much. All right. The great Liz Wheeler joins me next. Bro, they getting out of hand, bro. I'm just trying to buy my baby some books, bro. Look at this A is for Allie. B is for buy. C is for coming out. D is for drag. These are children books, guys. These are children books. ML Web. You're disrespectful, bro. My kids is just trying to learn, okay? They just trying to learn. Why are you writing books like this? Can't they just be kids and learn a regular ABCs? What is going on? Can't they just be kids? That's such a great way to put that. Such an interesting, simple question, isn't it? Joining me now is my friend Liz Wheeler, of course, of the great Liz Wheeler Show. All right, Liz. Well, I mean, that's the million-dollar question. You can't turn on Nick Jr. You can't go to Disney World. You can't grab an ABC book. You can't do anything without getting waterboarded by LGBTQ insanity. Why can't they just be kids, Liz? 
Well, because kids are, of course, the easiest way to control the parents, right? I don't know, by the way, who the guy is in this video. You sent me this video to watch before before um, we're doing this show. I, so I don't know who the guy is, but whoever it is, I, I love him. I love how he phrases this. This is so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful to parents because parents are the ones who are supposed to be the ones that raise their children. They're supposed to be the ones that instill values. They're supposed to be the ones that teach their children about subjects like sex, like morality, like religion, like how to live, how to be an adult, how to be a person, how to relate to other people. That's not the job of the public school system. That's not the job of the government. That's not the job of woke activists. It's the job of the family unit. And it is so disrespectful of radical leftists to um, to try to take this away from parents and of Democrats in government to try to legally separate parents and children. But of course, children are the easiest ones to indoctrinate, right? They're the easiest ones to say, listen, we want you eventually to be docile little Marxists, to be socialists, to be amoral. So we're gonna train you to be so through the public school system when you're very little, right? They're the easiest ones to indoctrinate, to brainwash. So that's one, that's part of it. But the more insidious part, or the more pernicious part here is the fact that Children are the be are the easiest way to get to parents, right? Children are the way to get back at conservative parents. Um, and that's what the left is doing. They're saying, well, you're going to vote for Trump. You're going to support, you're going to be a Christian. You're going to support Republican politicians. Well, we're going to come after your kids then. Because they think if parents fear, and this is true in some sense, if parents fear being separated from their children, then parents are going to fall in line and be less likely to criticize radical leftist policies. It's a shame, and par parents should reject it outright. Liz, that's so evil, though. It's so hard to wrap your mind around that kind of yeah. evil, just peeping at someone else's kids and thinking, man, I'd love to separate them from their parents. How does one get quite that sick? Listen, this is actually an interesting topic that you bring up because I'm a huge proponent of homeschooling. As you know, I was homeschooled K through 12, and I want to homeschool our daughter someday. This has been, we'll just call it an ongoing discussion, seven years ongoing discussion between my husband and I. He was he was schooled in the public school system. He's very well educated, but that was, you know, a long time ago. And um, so we've debated this quite a bit. And so the last year and a half, you know, I've been constantly emailing him everything that's happening in the public school system, relentlessly showing him the transgender ideology, the critical race theory, everything that's happening. And I think that his viewpoint was um, very eye-opening to me because he believes that this stuff is happening in the public school system, but it's very hard for individual people who had maybe a good experience in a public school system themselves to believe that it's happening in their neighborhood, in their district, in their public school system, in their classroom, that it would be that their children who are being indoctrinated or brainwashed or exposed to this radical leftist ideology. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here. This is evil. It is evil what the left is trying to do to our children. And it's very hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that someone is after our family. Someone is after our kids. We don't fully comprehend it, um, which is why it's so important to see videos like this, to read stories, to see it for ourselves. Because when you get that tangibly in your hand, when you see an ABC book that's trying to teach your child how to come out, teaching your child about being non-binary, then you understand that this isn't just a misguided uh, or misapplied compassion, misguided tolerance. That this is an evil effort to to brainwash your children in Marxist and gender ideology. Yeah, I, I love the point you just hit on there. You know, people think their school is immune from it. I mean, I live here in Texas. Everyone knows yeah. red state, all, all, all red Texas. That is funny because right here in Texas, elementary school in San Antonio just got done segregating kids by their hair color. According to one of the parents, the dark-haired kids were treated as privileged and the light-haired kids were 
not treated that well, but parents convince themselves, I moved to South Carolina, I'm, I moved to Florida, I moved to Texas, it can't happen here, that's a bald-faced lie. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. And it's it's a very frightening prospect to think that this could be happening in your own neighborhood. I guess, Jesse, it's a good thing that this doesn't happen um, as overtly to adults, because if that were to happen to me, I'd be like, well, what about people with light hair who may underneath their light hair be dark haired? Like, what, is, where, what category do we fall into here? I, w I wish that there were children that were able to, <laughs> able to say that in public schools. But the reason the left makes everything about race, makes everything about this privileged structure is because they are trying to separate, you know, divide and conquer is just as true now as it was, as it ever has been. They're trying to divide and conquer. They're using race as, as their divisive tactic. We see that in the Black Lives Matter movement. We see that with critical race theory. We see that with the 1619 Project. And it is a very evil agenda. It's a Marxist agenda. These people don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in the free market. They don't believe in individual liberty. They don't believe in the principles that our country was built on. They actually want to take down the institutions that have made us great culturally, whether it's the family, um, governmentally, whether it's, you know, the electoral college or the Senate or, um, or voting rights, whatever it might be, they want to take this down, this country down. And the reason for that is they have to take down America if they want to implement Marxism. And they knew, they eventually found out that a workers' revolution, as envisioned by Karl Marx, wasn't going to happen. So they had to find another vanguard, another way to agitate the people to overthrow these so-called elites, these capitalists. And they decided to use race as, uh, as this vanguard. We're seeing this unfold. They've written about it. They've spoken about it. They've admitted it. And we're watching exactly what they said they were going to do. We're watching them do it. Liz, you mentioned race, and they have clearly used that, and you're obviously right about that, but they seem to use everything now, the, the LGBTQ insanity, the climate change stuff, the feminism stuff, everything seems to be a way to sow envy and sow misery and create more destruction. Yeah, I mean, they're they're real cheery people to be around. They they want something real nice and real a lot of what a lot of sunshine and butterflies coming from the left right now. Listen, part of their strategy is known. You and I have talked about this in the past, Jesse. Part of their strategy is built on critical theory, which is a Marxist theory from the Frankfurt School back in the 1960s, and critical theory can be or can essentially evolve into different categories. It doesn't just have to be critical theory, which is the idea of criticizing an institution to the point that it is torn down so you can implement Marxism. You can you can subcategorize critical theory. So it can be critical race theory. It can be critical gender theory. Um, every Everything that they do, all of these politically correct, woke things that they are pushing on our culture, that they are imposing on us, it's not a coincidence. I mean, they're doing this in a very deliberate way. And it, like I said, I know it's hard to, uh, it's hard to accept. It's hard to uh, allow that reality into our minds and into our emotions that someone is actually trying to pick apart our family, uh, using our children, trying to pick apart and take down our country because we don't want to believe that that's true. But if you listen to them, if you read them, um, if you watch them, it is in fact true. And they're using all, all of these woke, all of these woke agenda items aren't a coincidence. These are the tactics they're using to carry it out. Liz Wheeler of the Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thanks, Jesse. All right, my friend Matt Walsh joins us next. He always has something to say. Hang on.
consistency and very tolerant and understanding. Joining me now, my friend Matt Walsh, of course, ho great host on The Daily Wire. Matt, I want to ask this first because you have already been out there on these campuses. You're going to be going to more campuses. And in person is always different than on TV. We can all watch Matt Walsh videos, and we all do online, of you getting screamed at, or you on Dr. Phil. But in person, there's a different feel. What can we not see on the videos online that you see when you're out there in the belly of the beast with these little monsters? Uh, I don't, well, I'm not sure this is something that, you, that uh, people can't see or not, but one thing that definitely jumps out at me when I'm actually in these environments and confronting these people is just how uh, scared and pathetic they are. I, I think for you, Jesse, it's probably not a revelation, but maybe for a lot of people it is, because you see these videos and you see the big mobs and they're really angry and they're screaming and everything but um but 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 actually these are these are very very scared of course they're angry but they're very scared people they don't they don't really understand what they're doing or why they're there or why they're so upset and the, the one thing they're not counting on is for anyone to stand firm against them because what they're used to is they all gather into a group they start screaming and everybody backs away and runs away and um, if you don't do that, they just, they don't really know how to respond to it. Um, and, and usually they just, you know, kind of, kind of disperse and, and sort of wilt away. Matt, I, I feel like the right, and I myself, I'm sure, have fallen into this trap in my past as well. I feel like for so long we've just kind of accepted that, oh, oh 18, 19-year-old college kids, yeah, he's going to be a little communist, but eventually he'll get a paycheck and he won't like taxes, and then, then he'll turn right around and become, become a, a conservative, and, and that is obviously absurd, and I was naive back when I believed it. Anyone who still believes is it is naive. 18-year-olds don't have to think and conduct themselves this way, so why do ours? Yeah, that's a really good, really important point. I think that's a trap that, as you point out, we've all fallen into. I know that I did. I mean, there was a time when I used to say what everyone says, which is, uh, uh, which is that, well, the, these people, they're in college, they're going to get out into the real world, they're going to have a wake-up call, they're going to realize and that, you know, that they can't be this way. Um, and then, right, next thing you know, they're going to be good little Republicans. And it's just not working that way, because what we, what we forgot is that our culture, uh, broadly speaking, is set up to keep them in this state of confusion and bewilderment. Um, also, this, this, you know, the next generation, they're the ones who are sort of creating the world that we live in. And so they've set it up this way. I mean, they, the, these kids, the little Marxists that you see on college campuses, um, they leave college and what, what happens to them? Where do they go? And the, the other thing we like to console ourselves is by saying that, well, they, all these gender studies majors and all this, these ridiculous majors, uh, they're going to end up living at home with their parents and their parents' basements until they have the wake-up call. And yeah, a lot of them will end up living at home and being unemployed, but a good number of them, no, in fact, they're going to they're gonna become teachers, right? These are people that are going to become HR representatives at, at Fortune 500 companies. Um, these are the people who are going to be you know, diversity, equity consultants, and that sort of thing. And that's a much scarier thought, is that in fact, a lot of them are not gonna be unemployed. Uh, they're gonna be gainfully employed in positions where they have a whole lot of influence over, um, over all of us. This is, uh, Campus Reform covered your Georgia Tech thing, and this is what some of the protesters had to say. I have to tell you, I've watched this several times. I find it to be so fascinating, just trying to understand how they think. Tell us why you're out here today. I'm standing for trans rights. Do you think there is a biological difference between men and women? 
biological? I would say for lesbian, gay, um, LGBT, bisexual, and trans community. Why are you guys out here yelling instead of maybe going inside? I mean, there's a Q&A. You guys have the opportunity to go and ask Maxwell a question. Don't you think that would be more uh, productive? When it comes to Republicans, Republicans are more argumentative, more my way or the highway. Don't you think this might be my way or the highway here? No. Matt, they're so shallow, and I really don't mean it, I don't mean that to be as insulting as it sounds, but there's just nothing there. One question, one question, and it all falls apart every time. Why? Yeah, well, I also really, there's so much great in that video that you played, but the fact that he said, Republicans are all about, it's my way or the highway, while literally in the background, there's a raging mob <laughs> screaming, you know, hey, hey, ho, ho, Matt's got to go. Um, so that just, of course, that's part of the shallowness. They don't, they don't notice that irony. Um, and this is, yeah, this is, this is, I, I really had this, it was almost like an existential crisis when I, when I was at Georgia Tech and I'm giving my speech. And, um, and of course we're talking about men and women's sports and Leah Thomas and all that kind of, this kind of stuff. But of course the, the, you know, the issue was much bigger than sports. And so I tried to, and that's, it, it, I think that's a really important point about this, by the way, which is that. You know, when I'm talking about this, when you're talking about this, we're not talking really about women's sports itself. That's not the point. The point is about this is a war for truth and reality, and women's sports is one battleground in that war. Um, but anyway, at a point in my speech, I'm, I'm explaining, you know, what a male is and what a female is and what the biological differences are, and I'm on a college campus. I am a, I am a, um, a, a high school grad. I don't even have a college degree, and I'm a podcast host. At Georgia Tech, and I have to give a talk to these kids to explain, you know, that only females can have babies, and um, but that's that that's where we are. And, and you know, the other thing is too, Jesse, that I, I have been accused by some by saying, you know, say, saying, well, wh why are you the one? I mean, why why are you giving talks about women's sports? Like, who makes you an authority on this subject? I'm not, and I totally agree that there would be better voices to speak on this issue. I wish that I was not the one giving the talk at Georgia Tech about women's sports. I wish that a, like a female athlete would get up there talking about it. I wish that a, an Olympic female swimmer would have given this talk, but unfortunately, most of them are too afraid to say anything, and so that leaves it to like guys like us to, to be making these points. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because it was going to be my next question. I call this the era of cowardice for exactly what you're just talking about. Obviously, everyone's thinking about the Penn State swim team right now with some dude in their helicopter in his way across the pool shattering all the records. And I see all these anonymous articles about this Penn swimmer's mad and this Penn swimmer's mad and this Penn swimmer's mom is mad. Never a name, no boycotts, no nothing. Okay, well, it's not my sport. I mean, I, I, I applaud, you know, women for competing in that, but I don't give a crap about women swimming. If it goes down the toilet, it's not my problem. But it is, however, their problem. They've worked very hard to get a, a scholarship and swim in college, and they don't care enough to protect their sport to speak out? Explain that to me. Yeah, and that's why, and, and I agree with you, that's why, like I said, it's, it, for me, it, it's not that my great passion is protecting women's sports. I don't, I, you know, I could only name one female college swimmer in the country and he's not even a female. So uh, that's as much as I know about women's sports and about women's swimming. 
really it's just about well this isn't true this is this is about what is true um but when it comes to the swimmers themselves i i totally agree that there is um i think an era of cowardice is a good way of putting it it's not just in swimming it's not just in women's sports it's all across no. the country especially when it comes you see it in, in pretty much every aspect of the culture, but when it comes to gender ideology, that's where you see it the most. That's where it's the most pronounced and the most frustrating because almost everything that's happening right now, whether it's men competing against women in sports, whether it's children getting sex change operations and getting drugged and all this kind of stuff, almost everyone realizes that this is insane. Almost, almost everybody knows that it's wrong. Uh, and yet people are so afraid because they're so conditioned you know, to um, depend on the approval of the culture. And, you know, we, we, we just from from a very young age, people have been conditioned in this way where they, uh, I don't know, they think that if they get some negative comments online that they're going to, that they're going to uh, melt like the Wicked Witch or something. And, uh, and this is, this is, this is where we are now. Yeah. Keep doing what you do, my brother, Matt Walsh. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up next, final thoughts. Hang on. Children are the future. God, that's hard to even say that. It's such a it's such a hokey saying, but they really are. If you want to take all the emotion out of it, that's fine. It's probably best if you do. Those next generation, that next generation, those kids, they're going to lead this country. They're going to lead our government, our corporations, our education system. And here's the thing, they're going to lead it in a way we're teaching them right now. Kids are pliable. You can get children to believe what you believe and think the way you think and have your values, or we can simply let the communists take them. Which way do you think that's going to go? It's not an accident. Anxiety, depression, all these things are on the rise. Trans kids, it's, it's, all these things are on the rise because we've been way too hands-off for way too long. Let's play some offense and take them back from the communists. All right, we'll do it again. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 